Hi, this is Dan Cassetta. Welcome to Flashback Friday on Changing Lives, Selling Knives. This podcast was created to share inspiring stories from people who are positively impacting the world using lessons and skills they first learned from selling Cutco knives with Vector Marketing Corporation. Episodes feature some of Cutco's most prominent alumni and top achieving current leaders. Flashback Friday is your chance to hear a short piece of one of my favorite past episodes. We'll hand select the best nuggets to share with you in this short form. The lessons of the Cutco Vector experience are numerous, are compelling, and are real world concepts for business and life. Thanks for pressing play. Let's get on with today's flashback. Today, we are flashing back to episode number 62 with my good friend and former colleague, Stephen Torres. Stephen was the first district manager inducted into the Cutco Vector Hall of Fame. Since his time with Vector, Stephen has built several successful companies, coached and mentored numerous entrepreneurs and startup founders, and he teaches leadership at UC Berkeley in one of the most exclusive academic programs in the world. In this short snippet, Stephen clearly identifies some of the mental traits that are necessary for success. He offers ideas on what it takes to get into a high-paying career, and he also unpacks what he calls the human side of leadership. He ends by suggesting that everything we want comes down to BS, and he explains this concept. If you get value from this flashback episode, please consider supporting one of our sponsors by visiting changinglivespodcast.com slash deals. If you like wine, you've got to try out Good Weather Wines, founded by legendary Cutco Vector alum Mark Lovis. You can get a monthly shipment of three, six, or 12 bottles, hand-selected for you based on your preferences. I'm a subscriber, and I recommend it highly. If you enter the code CLSK when you sign up, you'll get free shipping on your order. Enjoy this flashback segment from Stephen Torres, and be sure to revisit our full conversation at episode number 62. I know you've got some important ideas about what students need to learn to be great as entrepreneurs, to be great as leaders, but let's talk about some of the other things that you are, other concepts that you share with your students. Yeah. So, so there's a lot. I I mean, I think one of the things, you know, the growth mindset is certainly part of it and and just understanding where success comes from. And and what I say by that, you understand this. I think a lot of people don't understand that success actually comes from us. It comes from our mind. We have to imagine it. We have to see it. We have to, to kind of understand what goes into that. If you have good thoughts and they impress upon your subconscious mind, you get this feeling like, yeah, I can do it. You are more empowered to go and act. And that's what drives a lot of behavior. That action is your results. Mm -hmm. And so as you start to understand this, wow, what I'm thinking about, what comes into my mind changes the way that I feel. The way that I feel drives me. Now that can also be reverse engineered, where if you go out and you run, That can change the way you feel, which can also adapt your thoughts. What most people don't get, and I think you get this, but what we think about is really what we become. And so most people get so stuck on one is they have this poverty consciousness or this 
I don't want to say failure consciousness, instead of success consciousness or prosperity consciousness. And looking and finding the things that go into our minds that impress upon our subconscious, make us feel the right way to drive us to act. I think that's one of the concepts that we go through in our, you know, in my tech firm leadership skills and uh, some of the other things. I just finished a startup strategy class where we really were talking about these types of concepts. That was uh, really insightful. There was a uh, an interview I had on this podcast with Andrew Bosworth, who is uh, one of the top executives at Facebook now. Yeah. And um, he worked with us for two summers while he was in college at Harvard. And it was, was really... Boss. Yeah, what was really interesting. That's right. He was That was right during your years here. He had a really great insight that he shared, which was that as he was a Cutco rep, he had this awakening that what he called the one-to-one correlation between attitude and outcomes. And that a lot of people thought it was, well, outcomes drive attitude. It's, you know, if I have a big sale, then I feel great and I'm motivated and inspired. But that he realized unequivocally that it was the other way around, that it was attitude that drove outcomes. It was mindset that drove outcomes. And there certainly are so many key elements to that or pieces to that that we could talk about. But it's one of the, the things that people need to develop an awareness of and an understanding yeah. of is, is that success is driven largely from within first, right? And then it opens up the possibilities for the outer success to be achieved. Bingo. It, it, it goes back to that old, I say old book from the 30s, Think and Grow Rich, right? When mm-hmm. you when you really look at that, that was kind of one of the classic tropes that, that helped self-develop that and as a man think it. But when you go to Think and Grow Rich, right, one of the most important chapters, in my opinion, I, I read that book all the time. I've read it I don't know how many times now. In fact, it's still here right on my desk. I just went through it with one of my mentors uh, recently. But the, the chapter on desire, right? And that you have to have a a burning desire to achieve. It's not a want, right? Want is not enough. A want, wants don't get answered. Everybody wants this. Everybody wants this, but it's the people who really have this burning desire, whether it's sales, whether it's in as an entrepreneur, whether it's an engineer, it's those who really transmute that energy from burning desire into actions that end up with the achievements. And, and for me, that's understanding how your conscious thoughts influence your subconscious, which influences your emotions and gets you, you know, no one, it's really hard to emotionally get yourself out of a funk. You have to either act your way out of it, or you have to get the right things to change the emotions. It, it doesn't happen any other way. And, and I think that's what Boz was talking about there, right? Yeah. That attitude, uh, that has to come first. Yeah, that was great. The, you know, this whole concept of wanting versus a burning desire, like everybody that I work with says they want stuff, yeah. right? But what happens is at some point you meet adversity. Yes. And when you meet adversity, that's where the people who are the real deal get yep. sorted out from that's the ones exactly right. from the ones that just have a want and don't have a burning desire because a burning desire plows through adversity. Absolutely. Right? Want gets beaten down and turned around That's by adversity. Absolutely right. Yep. And you know, those folks that you you see them all the time. If you look at great entrepreneurs, great VCs, you know, it doesn't matter what artists, uh, musicians, it's the ones that have and develop and cultivate 
that burning desire that really go out and, and have these achievements. A lot of times people ask me, especially students of, of, you know, Hey, how do I get a job that pays a lot? Right. And and, and that's not always the best way I think to look at it because the law of compensation is very clear and it's really simple. You're going to be compensated amongst three things. One is, how would you put it? The demand for what you do Two, the ability for you to do it. And three, how easy it is to replace you. Right. And if you understand those things, right, what is the demand for what I do, whether it's an engineer, whether it's an entrepreneur? And, and so in the case of investment, it's VCs are looking for people who are going to return asymmetrical returns. And so the demand for someone who can do that is very, very high. And then two, the ability for them to do it. Can they actually deliver? Can they go through and, and actually execute? And then how hard is it to replace them? Is, is two days from now, someone else going to walk in working on the same idea that's actually a better team, right? Mm-hmm. And, and so it kind of complies to that the, the law of, of compensation. And that works whether you're an entrepreneur. That works whether you're a software engineer. It works whether you're a toilet cleaner. It, it, it doesn't matter. The laws of compensation are very, very clear. When you first had me come guest lecture in your class at Cal, you said to me something like this. It was an engineering class, yep. right? And it was called technology firm leadership. You said all these uh, engineering students graduate with a great understanding of systems and structures and processes and yep. all of the nuts and bolts of engineering. But what they need is the human side of leadership. Can you unpack that a little bit more for us? Especially, you know, and I'm sure at most other, you know, top engineering programs, you have folks that really fundamentally understand the technology side. What they, they sometimes tend to miss, because it's typically not part of the curriculum, is that the technology piece is for the benefit of the human piece, mm. right? And it's that human piece, that humanness that connects us, right? If you look at technology companies that tend to be more successful than others, it's because they have this characteristic that they're able to bring together the human side of things. And so here, what I, what I really wanted is how do we, one, make sure that people understand people are more important than just the tech, right? How do we communicate that if you lead people, they will build better tech things, right? That's really where that stemmed from and how it, how it came about, you know, is we don't in, in most engineering curriculums, they just don't have that human side of things. And and so that's what I wanted to bring in. And, And I think along with that is the communication skills, right? For them to be able to just see how other people communicate because, you know, engineers are technically known for their great communication skills. Some of them are awkward, but they get exposed to it. And that kind of rubs off. It it gets them to think consciously of, oh, here's how this person, maybe I could use some of that. And that comes into their subconscious, which then drives actions and of course, behaviors and results. When I go and teach, one of the things, especially if I'm teaching executives, uh, recently I was down in Brazil teaching a, a group of executives, and there's a group of the Netherlands that, that I was teaching. Uh, one of the things I always talk about is that everything comes down to BS, right? And when I do this, I have on the, the slide behind me is a big old 
picture of a cow patty or a cow pie, if you know what that is. It's cow dung. <laughs> I don't know. We're you know, PG here. A um, turd. <laughs> yeah, basically. And I'm talking about everything is BS. Your education, BS. You know, your career, BS. Your success, it's all based on BS. And I say, what am I talking about? And, you know, everybody's like, bullshit. I'm like, no, belief system. Right? It's really about someone's belief system. And that belief system that we have is programmed by a couple of things, right? It's programmed, well, one is our genes. There are certain characteristics that we have. But the other is our environment. And then the third is our role models, right? And so your belief system is always going to be coming from those things, right? Your environment and your role models will change that. And when things come to you, you have three options. You can either accept it, reject it, or neglect it. And that's what happens as people start to learn things. And, and the people who tend to be more successful, they, they really understand. So they put themselves in environments that are conducive to success. They find mm-hmm. role models who are successful. To be healthy, I don't know if it's always the best thing to study disease because disease and health aren't the same thing, mm-hmm. right? Studying failures, while it can be helpful, I don't know if that's as helpful as studying someone who's really successful. Mm-hmm. Right, because you start to take on that belief system that these other people have, and so that's really what I want to do is is help people bring into their awareness that they need to be conscious of their environment, they need to be conscious of their role models because that's what's going into our minds, that's what's creating the operating system, if you will, of our lives. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed today's flashback episode of Changing Lives, Selling Knives, you can find the full episode and show notes at changinglivespodcast.com. You can also sign up there to receive free resources from me and some of our amazing guests. Please consider rating or reviewing us on your podcast player and hit the subscribe button so future episodes are automatically downloaded directly to your device. This is Dan Cassetta signing off We'll be back in a few days for our next story about changing lives.